Hello and a warm welcome, friends, to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I hope you're finding inspiration and connection in our new podcast series, Holistic Living, Embracing Wholeness in Everyday Life. And if you happen to be joining us for the first time, a heartfelt welcome to you, new friend. Throughout this series, I've had the privilege of chatting with some incredible healers and experts in various modalities, from the transformative power of sound baths to the profound wisdom of yoga, the sacred art of womb healing, the realm of angels, and the soul-stirring beauty of poetry, we've delved into the diverse practices and perspectives that contribute to our holistic well-being. My goal here is to offer you insights, stories, and practical wisdom that can inspire you to live a more authentic, balanced, and fulfilled life. Whether you're a seasoned explorer of these healing paths or just beginning your journey, there's something for everyone in this series. Go ahead and cozy up with your favorite drink, find a snug place to unwind, because we're about to embark on a deeply inspiring conversation. Terry Doolin is a fourth-generation paranormal practitioner. She was raised in a metaphysical environment by her mother, who is a professional psychic, trance medium, and healer. She started assisting her mom doing healings at the early age of 12. Terry initially learned Reiki in 2002 to assist her mom in her practice. In 2008, she had a spiritual calling, a strong desire to do something more. She was led for Reiki to be a stronger presence in her life. In 2009, she learned Reiki too, and a few months later, she took the art master class. She traveled to Southfield, Michigan in 2010 to learn Karuna Reiki from William Rand. So welcome to the podcast, Terry. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for having me. Glad to join you. You know, right before I hit the record button, you're in vacation at, at Disney, right? We are. We're in Florida. Yeah. So today it's Disney. Uh, a couple days from now, we'll be in uh, Universal Studios. Oh, how much fun. You know, I'm not too far from Orlando. I'm over on the Space Coast. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and just jump right in so you can get off to all your family activities. What does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Personally, I would say um, it's, for me at least, growing and accepting uh, who I am and who I've become and really looking at all stages and, and loving each stage, each season uh, of where I'm at in my life. Yeah, I love that. And I was just talking to someone a couple of days ago, and we were talking about how one of the themes on the podcast has been, you know, when we have these seasons in our life, and sometimes we may be in a hard season, or we may be in a happy season, but sometimes we don't want to be in that season and really learn all the the lessons that are to be learned in that season. We want to be somewhere else. Right. And then we need to really stop and acknowledge where we're at. And I, for me, that's really uh, been key because, I, of course, you know, we want to stay longer in the seasons that bring us joy and not so long in the seasons that, you know, um, 
are maybe not pleasant or difficult to go through, but again, it's part of, you know, where we, where we need to be, it's going to help us grow. So I always acknowledge that I've learned at a young age to really sit back and look at, you know, where I'm at, what am I learning from this lesson or this particular season and how is that going to help me grow? So everything we go through, good and bad, has always, uh, always pushes us, excels us forward to, you know, who we really are meant to be. So yeah, I love that last piece you just said, who we're really meant to be. Mm-hmm. Love that. So we're going to be talking about Reiki today. So now I'm okay for, for you to take the conversation in any direction that you feel comfortable in, but I was really hoping we could talk about, you know, what Reiki is for our listeners who may not be familiar with it, maybe touch on a little bit of history And what inspired you to become a Reiki practitioner, you know, a Reiki master? Oh, awesome. The history of Reiki, I'll start there because then uh, what inspired me is really divine guidance is the best way I can even say that. Just how, you know, life has moved, right, Has, has moved me, just experiences and whatnot. So the history pretty much starts with, Macau Asui, and I say, I'll say the history in the sense of the system and style of Reiki that I practice is Asui Holy Fire Reiki, okay? So <clears throat> I don't know any other, well, outside of Asui Tibetan Reiki, I don't know other, any other systems or styles. So my Reiki starts with Sensei Asui and the Reiki that I practice and the Reiki that I teach. You know, Macau Asui was ultimately looking for enlightenment. He's a Japanese uh, man. He, he wanted to achieve the state which is considered or called Anshin Ditsume. And that is a special state where one is always at peace, regardless of what is going on in the outer world, which is fantastic because that's really what we need right now (laughs) in the current time and place because there's so much going on. So ultimately he was looking for enlightenment. He was not looking for uh, a healing modality. As there was Reiki in the world, so he, again, he knew of Reiki. He was not necessarily interested in practicing that. He just wanted uh, to be enlightened. So the way I understand the story is that he met a Zen master as he was practicing Zen Buddhism. He met this master who told him that in order for him to achieve the state of enlightenment, he needed to be willing to die. He was very serious about his pursuit of, you know, enlightenment. So he went to the sacred mountain in Japan, Karamayama, uh, and did fasting and meditation for 21 days. And on the 21st day, you know, the story goes, he cast out the final stone, went into meditation. He saw a light that come, came towards him, hit him in his crown chakra. He fell unconscious. And when he awoke, he was imbued with Reiki, this, this healing energy, this enlightenment. So that is a short history, ultimately, of how it got started. My normal history is about 45, to, 45 minutes to an hour long. So <laughs> I'm going to keep it really brief. <laughs> and when you, um, so thank you for talking a little bit about the history, because, you know, as I said in the beginning of the, of the podcast, the introduction, I'm really wanting people to, um, maybe think about things or hear things that make them go, oh, I've never tried Reiki. I've never tried, you know, sacred womb healing. I've never tried yoga. This is something new. Let me find out what this is about. So I appreciate you going through some of the history of that. And when you say it was divine guidance for you to become a Reiki master, 
Um, can you just go into that a little bit more? Absolutely. So my mother is a professional psychic. My family, and I say family, it's my whole family. It really stems from uh, my grandfather's side. So I really look at uh, me being like fourth generation, fourth generational, pardon me, practitioner uh, within metaphysics. Ultimately, my mother would learn. She'd take different courses, take different classes. She'd learn these different modalities. She'd come home. She'd teach my sisters and I. She's like, hey, you know, you can rub your hands together, open up your palm chakras, and help to, you know, send healing energy to someone in need, whether it's, again, a family member, a plant, an animal, something along those lines, um, and then just to help them, that, that essence, you know, with whatever it needs. So she introduced me uh, to the healing energy, again, way young, super young. So for me, uh, growing up, you know, my mom, my mom's the psychic and I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. That's interesting. Um, and of course me living my life, you know, being a teenager, um, and then, you know, young adults going off and doing my own thing. I was very much more left brain than right brained, uh, where I feel like the metaphysics is more, you know, creativity, more right brain stuff, you know, in- intuition, that type. Um, so for me, it was not something that I was originally called to do. And again, she was so heavy in it that I also needed to find like my own identity, right? That was a season of me finding my own identity. So I was a young mom, young, young mother, young wife. And I was very much, I'm a Capricorn, a a type personality, one life path, you know, I'm very much left brained. So, uh, it was great for me to assist my mom. She would say, hey, I've got this, you know, um, healing I need to do, or I've got a, a house party that I need help with, or I have a paranormal investigation, you know, going to uh, haunted places, going to cemeteries, you know, whatnot. She goes, would you help me? You know, do you want to come along? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I was, again, more of, I don't know, a scholar, more of, you know, just more of an assistant to her. And this, and again, helped out when I could. I always found it fascinating though, what she did. And I always wanted to, you know, build on my own spiritual gifts, but I was never necessarily called to do anything. Uh, One thing she, uh, she would comment on is, you know, learning tarot because tarot helps a person to, again, open up their psychic gifts. Well, tarot didn't call to me. So I never really did anything or found anything that spoke to me. And then it was, I think in 2002, yeah, it was 2002 when uh, she went ahead and paid for me and another assistant of hers to have a Reiki level one class. So we learned Reiki initially. And again, Reiki didn't speak to me. Um, I'm like, oh, this is nice. You know, I, I was able to, I learned Gasho. I was, you know, able to channel Reiki energy. And I just, it felt very nice, right? Very peaceful, very calm, very nice. I'm like, okay, great. So again, again, another uh, season of me being able to assist and, you know, doing other things with my life. And it really was not until 2008 to 2009 when uh, Reiki, and I didn't know Reiki was going to be this, you know, divine force in my life. I had a spiritual calling, you know, for me, for me, it's God. My spiritual calling is God, right? So God was uh, encouraging me, telling me I needed to do something more with my life than what it was. So I always make the uh, difference as far as like an awakening and a calling because I was already exposed. So I kind of know, you know, the metaphysics, uh, the metaphysical environment. So 
I was led to Reiki and I just could not believe of what a force that was for me. Um, if I would have experienced in 2002, what I experienced in 2009, my life would be completely different. And of course there's always, you know, divine timing and, and life seasons. It's just amazing. And I have to tell you, Reiki really has shifted and changed my life all always for the better. So it's always, you know, divine, whether you say it's God creator universe, you know, higher power, you know, for me, same, same thing, different terminology, which is perfect. So it always, you know, speaks to someone in a different way. But I would encourage people at least to try Reiki because it is just amazing. It helps to heal mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. It spans all time and space. So it's not like we have to be together, you know, face to face or in person that the energy will travel. But I have to tell you, it's been an amazing journey to see how it has um, shifted, altered, and really propelled me to be where I'm at and who I'm meant to be. I love it. So, Terry, let me ask you this. And this question just like really popped up as you were as you were talking for our listeners. Could you just kind of let them know what they would expect if they came to, you know, someone who practices Reiki for a healing session. Absolutely. What I usually share with new uh, clients and students is at the bare minimum, a person will leave feeling uh, peaceful and relaxed. Okay. okay. Every practitioner has their own way of practicing, right? Actually doing Reiki. So they might ask someone, you know, for permission to touch. I'm, I know the benefits of touch. So I would be that person. I would ask you if I can touch. Some people don't want to be touched. Some practitioners don't want to touch. So the option would be hovering over the person's body. Okay. Both ways are very effective. Um, So, you know, do you want to have, do you want to be touched? Do you not want to be touched? Do you have an intention for your healing? Do you want to include, say, maybe any ancestors or spirit guides, you know, in your healing? And that's something as a client, you know, that you have the option of intending or asking, you know, to have these outside influences, you know, divine power coming in. And most people, not everyone, uh, most people choose to lay on a massage table. But you can do Reiki in a chair. So whether you have a... um, a, a regular folding chair, office chair, uh, a massage chair. So there's different ways that that would look. But wherever you're at and however your session goes, again, you can experience or expect to experience um, peacefulness. Um, sometimes the practitioner's hands will be warm. Sometimes they're cold, you know, depending upon, again, what the client needs. And because Reiki comes from the divine, it knows, it has its own consciousness, so it really knows what you as the client need to be healed. So you can have an intention, you can go in with having, say, pain on your knee or with your knee, and the Reiki energy will know that something is off in your body and that, say, maybe the root cause is the hip. So your knee, you're compensating. So it's actually healing both areas. It's healing the symptoms and the root cause. So it's really fascinating as far as how it heals. But yeah, basically, I would say, honestly, um, peaceful, uh, peaceful, calming, relaxed. Some people fall asleep on the table, like you can really go in such a get into such a deep, relaxed state that you might fall asleep. 
And then some people don't experience anything at all. Like they're like, oh, I felt the, you know, the practitioner's hands on my, you know, on my, on my hip or on my knee or on my feet, but I don't feel anything. And that's perfect too, right? Some people, and again, it's, it, how do I want to say this? It's not a good or bad thing, right? If that makes sense. If you do not, as a client, if you do not physically have an experience, perfectly fine. It does not mean the Reiki did not work. It does not mean that the practitioner has not enough experience, right? That's stuff we make up in our mind. It's all perfect because the energy still flows through the practitioner to the client and the client is receiving exactly what they need. Terry, I think that is a fantastic point. You know, that if you don't feel anything, that doesn't mean it didn't work. Correct. And I think that's important for Reiki practitioners, maybe newer Reiki practitioners and clients to really understand. Now, if you were, if you had somebody that was really skeptical, excuse me, skeptical, I can say that word, skeptical. <laughs> yes, I love that. I'm so sorry. I do that all the time. Or unsure about Reiki. What would you say to help them better understand its potential benefits? My encouragement would, would of course, be receive a Reiki session. It could be a 15, like a brief Reiki session, 15-minute Reiki session. Just go in and have that experience and then look at you know, where you're at coming in, right? How do you feel when you're coming in? And then how do you feel when you leave? So here's the, and he, again, it's interesting, right? So you think, well, 15 minutes is really not that long. What could possibly happen in 15 minutes? Tremendous healing can happen in 15 minutes. You can come in, you can have a lot of anxiety, uncertainty about like, wow, what, what's this not going to work, whatever. So you can have that mindset going into your session. But again, I would say, I would ask to be open at least to, to gauge, right? Here's where I feel like, you know, when I go into the session and then look at what do you feel like after the session? And when I say after the session, I'm talking not only immediately after the session, right? So again, you've got like a 15, 20 minute session, whatever that looks like, but then look at, you know, I don't know, look at three hours after the session, Look at what you feel like, you know, maybe 10 hours after the session, depending upon when you hit, and then look at how you feel the next day. Usually, and especially I'll say this, with uh, Holy Fire Reiki, uh, I have find, found, pardon me, in my, um, I don't know, with my clientele, that my sessions, my 45 to an hour sessions, 45 to 60 minute sessions, last days after. So the person feels amazing for two and three days and up to sometimes even um, two weeks after a Reiki session. So the benefits that a person will feel or can expect to experience after the session, again, lasts a long time. Okay. So the healing or the energy has evolved. Um, and so getting back to the um, skeptic, experience it, right? And, and then, and then you can make an informed decision because just, sorry, really quick, just by thinking you know something or going off of someone else's experience is not firsthand knowledge, right? Just like we don't necessarily always get along with every person. So every relationship is different. Every Reiki experience is different. So if you really want to come from a stance of true knowledge, my encouragement would be to have a session. Terry, I, I could not agree with you more about having that firsthand experience. And that's really for anything, right? 
You need to experience it before you can make really an informed decision and not making a decision off somebody else's beliefs. Yes, ma'am. So someone who is curious about trying Reiki, that really, this may be the same question I just asked, but is there any practical advice that you would offer to help them get started on their journey? From the client standpoint or the practitioner standpoint or even both. So from the client standpoint, um, I, of course, would encourage you to find someone within your local area. Uh, I am a member of the... Um, I'm a licensed teacher with the International Center for Reiki Training. I am a um, member of the Reiki Membership Association. So my encouragement would be to start there at reiki.org. And they have a link on their website to find a practitioner in your area. Okay, so for for client standpoint, I would, uh, even the student standpoint, I would still start with reiki.org as one avenue. Another avenue is Google, you know, Reiki near me right? And see who comes up within your area. And then also, um, of course, look at their reviews. Every practitioner, just like every blade of grass is different. So some people um, have different abilities, different gifts. Some people look at Reiki from more of a scientific standpoint, meaning that you're not going to get necessarily like a psychic read, right? That's not going to be part of your practice. Uh, Some people are very much within their spiritual gifts and some people do psychic reads, right? So you you don't necessarily know what you're going to get from the practitioner. So you do want to do a little research um, as far as, you know, uh, what can you expect based on that particular practitioner? For me, Reiki is different in the sense that I don't necessarily see, so I would not say I'm a clairvoyant. Uh, I am very much clairsentient, so I do feel things. And I feel uh, energy blockages, and I can, I can feel people's pain. I, my body acts as a mirror to their body, right? So, you know, you come to see me, I'm not going to be telling you your future. I'm not going to be telling you what's going on in your life. I'm, I can tell you, though, where Reiki is guiding me and what areas of the body needed attention, ultimately, that's how I do my Reiki. But again, I start, start, you know, Reiki.org is a great place. And then again, Google, you know, Reiki near me and look at those practitioners and teachers for those who also want to learn Reiki. Yeah, those are good resources. And I, and I think that's really important about that, that you mentioned that because each practitioner does something different, because I know as I was Googling and doing my own research around Reiki, as I was reading on different practitioners, you're right. You know, one may use tarot cards as an example, as part of their session. Somebody else may use aromatherapy. Somebody else. I mean, everybody's just a little bit different. And that's the beauty of it, right? Yes, ma'am. Reiki fits uh, really everyone and meets everyone where they're at. So it really fits uh, in the sense of whatever we need it to do or be. If you, again, you need mental healing, you know, physical healing, emotional healing, Reiki can help. That's fantastic. So what would you thank your 18 year old self for? I would say persistence. Uh, I would say I am grateful and thankful that I've kept an open mind and again, persisted 
persisted through life because life has been very interesting, you know, having ups and downs and, and really uh, this, just the seasons and being able to acknowledge and accept and love the seasons in life. Love that. And here you are at a season of life in Disney. I mean, how much fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I know it's a family vacation. We've got like 18 people here. Okay, well, then here's my last thing. I'm gonna let you get to your family. So how can people find you social media website? How can they work with you? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Website is uh, Midwest Center for Reiki Advancement. It is MidwestReikiCenter.com. My phone is great uh, to either call or text and it is 219 Seven one two zero five zero seven. I am on Facebook um, under Terry Doolin Pierman, as well as Midwest Center for Reiki Advancement. And my email is Terry Doolin at hotmail.com. All right, Terry, thank you so much for being a guest. And I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Cindy, so much. It's such a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am your host, Cindy McMillan, and my website is CynthiaMacMillan.com. Your support means the world to me, and I'm thrilled to have you as part of our podcast community. If you enjoyed what you heard, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, whether you're a loyal Apple podcast listener, a Spotify enthusiast, or use any other platform, your reviews make a huge difference. Not only do your reviews motivate me to keep creating great content, but they also help others discover the show and become part of our community. So please share your thoughts and feedback. I can't wait to hear from you. And as always, stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Until next time, take care and keep spreading those positive vibes.